Welcome to the Today is a Day podcast, where we take a deep dive into popular health topics and empower you to make informed, evidence-based decisions. We offer practical tools and strategies so you can easily integrate what you learn into your everyday habits. And today is the day we're exploring how we can improve our outer layer, hair, skin, and nails, and whatnot, without the need for gold-laced magic potion creams. Yes, this is our culinary nutrition beauty episode, and Josh has been at the edge of his seat waiting for this one. We'll be covering how health can be seen in our complexion, the surprising factors that affect healthy skin and hair, what to focus on if we want a radiant glow. (laughs) I like your radiant glow. Keep going. Foods to load up on to support that glow and lifestyle factors to take into account. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on this glowing topic. I'm Megan Teltner, a nutritionist, two-time best-selling author and founder of the Academy of Culinary Nutrition. Joining me as always is Josh Catalis, who keeps me glowing, even though he likes to remind me that I have substantially more gray hair than him, but he's catching up. True fact. Hi, everyone. I'm a clinical nutritionist and functional medicine practitioner with a clinic in downtown Toronto. I'm also the founder of the Functional Nutrition Certification Program and an instructor with the Academy of Culinary Nutrition. Today, we are talking beauty. I'd like to think of it as our natural glow, the health that radiates through us. We often say that we can smell health on people or ill health rather, you especially. Yeah, I can smell it. I can also see it very quickly. What do you look at when you're looking at someone? Like, let's say it's a client or someone we're passing by in the street. Like, what is it about someone's appearance that can tell you everything that you need to know? And this is not a question of, of weight. It's what you see in someone's face. Yeah, it really is. You know, I'm looking for the color of the skin on the face, the complexion. If there's a nice glow coming from them, you can kind of see the glow when people are healthy. I'm also looking at the eyes. People who are somewhat unhealthy have kind of sunken eyes, maybe dark circles around the eyes, maybe big bags under the eyes. Bloodshot eyes. Bloodshot eyes. I'm looking at the health of the skin, wrinkles, which we're going to talk about. And wrinkles are not a bad thing. Let's just. They're not a bad thing at all. Not all wrinkles. No. (laughs) But it's a feeling I get. There's also another level, which maybe I can't describe, where you can sense it from people. Yeah. I also think that there's something to an energy of health. Like when someone is eating well, they're doing their mind work, their spiritual connection, they're getting time in nature there's an energy about someone who is well and healthy and that becomes part of their physical appearance, whether you physically see it or if it's something that you feel about someone's presence. Absolutely, Meg. I've written extensively on my personal blog about different cosmetic companies, what I use, but ultimately it always comes down to the same thing. It's that true, natural beauty, beauty care healthy skin, healthy hair, healthy eyes, strong teeth, strong nails. It doesn't come from an external product we're applying to our body and face, typically. There are ones that will degenerate it. There are ones that can improve it. But I'd say 90% of it, maybe more, comes from where? Comes from the inside out. Yes. Just like a plant. If you want to see the full expression of a plant, the leaves, the flowers, the fruit... What part of the plant do you work on? It's the soil. The soil. So there's no cream or lotion or potion that can do what good nutrition and hydration can do. Absolutely. You want to know my skincare routine, Megan? Yeah, let's start with yours and we'll go with mine. It's quite a list. You ready for it? 
That's if not- anyone noticed that long pause of silence, that's because I really don't do much. You shave your face? Yeah. I'll, I'll, okay. In, in reality, I'll talk about the few things that I do. But yes, I shave my face. I put on a lotion on my face. Yeah, when I feel dry, but not all the time. It's not a lotion for beauty care people. It's a it's a heavier <laughs> cream. It's actually a hand cream consistency. Josh uses the hooray hand cream from Living Libations on his face. Yeah, you're gonna have to correct me a lot with my language <laughs> in this in this uh, podcast. And then that's that's pretty it. much it. Mine is a lot more involved. So what I do is I dry skin brush my face in the evening, which everyone in my house, which is all boys, makes fun of. And our son now has his own little brush that he has to brush his hands with in the (laughs) evening before he puts on some moisturizer on his hands. That's part of his routine. But I basically just dry skin brush and I will use Usually I do a serum. So I like the Living Libation Sea Buckthorn Best Skin Ever. I'll put that on my face. Joyous Health has a new great, I think it's called Shake and Hydrate. No, it's called Hella Hydrate. That's a great pure product. So I'll use, that's basically it. I don't wear makeup on my skin. So I don't need a cleanser per se. If I do use makeup, like if I'm filming or photography that day or have a special event like getting married, which I think is the only time I've gone out and a full face of makeup, I like to remove it with, oh, you put sea buckthorn, best skin ever on a little cotton cloth. And I use that to remove the makeup. And then I'll use a light cleanser, like even a diluted Dr. Bronner's type soap. And then I'll I'll do a heavy serum treatment. And sometimes I'll put on a silicone face mask, which is terrifying to look at, but that will give me like a deeper hydration. And that's basically it. Like I don't have a separate eye cream. I don't have a separate this or that. I don't use a makeup remover, but that's because I don't need it. So our skincare routines are very, very simple. And if I ever notice like red splotches or things showing up, to me, that's a sign of something going on inside my body that needs to be addressed. Before we get into that, Josh, tell us what our skin and hair are made of. Well, our skin, hair, and nails have a really important protein, a a part of them called keratin. And keratin is kind of the backbone of it all. It actually makes like the horns of animals, the hooves of other animals. You know, it makes a lot of different tissues that have these hard consistencies. But the important... Sorry, can you say hooves again? Did you say hooves? Did I say hooves or hooves? I think it's... Hooves. I think it's... You said hooves. I I told you I need a lot of help. (laughs) It's hooves. (laughs) (laughs) And then sometimes that keratin is laced with minerals to give different consistencies. So at the very fundamental level, we need protein. What do you think is one of the symptoms of a protein deficiency? Nails that don't grow and chip easily, hair that breaks or frays or doesn't grow quickly, uh, skin breakouts, skin that doesn't heal properly or quickly. Absolutely. And and just as a a side example, when people have surgery, they need at least 30% more protein for healing. Good fun fact. Yeah. So you're substantially older than me. (laughs) And... You're do- I, you're, I am. Th- you're doing pretty good so far. I, I, I'm looking at your skin right now. I am precisely one year and 355 days older than That's Josh. That's true. There are 10 days where we're only one year apart yeah. between our birthdays. Um, what did that have to do with anything? You just threw in about me being older than you. Because I was looking at your skin. <laughs> I think it's important for people to know. Okay, let's move along. So we've talked about protein. There are key nutrients that are needed for healthy hair, skin, nails. What are those key nutrients? And we're going to get to the food, but first we're just covering some basics. Right, like how do we nourish the skin from the inside out? Yeah, what you're asking? Well, one of the most important things are essential fats. Right. 
We've talked about essential fats before. There are two essential fats, an omega-3 and an omega-6, alpha-linolenic acid and alpha-linoleic acid, and we can make all the other fats that we need from those fats. Now, our whole body balance of those fats, we actually need omega-6 to omega-3 in about a 3 or 4 to 1 ratio. But different tissues in the body actually have them in different ratios. Do you know what the ratio is of omega-6 to omega-1 in the skin? To omega-3, you mean? Yes, to omega-3. That was like a trick question. Yeah. I'm like, well, we don't have omega-1. That's right. Good catch. I don't know what that ratio is. It's 1,000 to 1. 1,000 omega-6 to 1 omega-3. Exactly. Which is interesting because we often stress in culinary nutrition, making sure you're getting those omega-3s because if those are out of balance, generally in the body, you will end up in a state of inflammation. That's correct. And most people don't have enough omega-3s. But interesting fact, I did the uh, fatty acids test of two clients recently. This usually happens to really health-oriented people who consume really healthy food and fish oils and, and those types of things. Their omega-6s were too low. And their omega-3s were actually too high. So the flip side can happen. And it just also speaks to the point that everything has to be in balance. But a lot of the omega-6s that people are getting, mm -hmm. which compounds the problem, are destroyed fats. Right. They're in processed foods. Exactly. From canola oil, safflower oil, sunflower oil, oxidized fats in fried foods. And all of that contributes to this imbalance and, as such, poor complexion. Exactly. Like if someone goes and buys some organic corn chips... On the ingredient list, there's going to be corn. Yeah. And there's going to be probably sunflower, safflower oil. Yeah. Right? And they're going to say, oh, look, I'm getting my omega-6s in these oils. But those chips are put at such a high temperature that all of those omega-6s are probably destroyed. What you want is the omega-6s from sunflower seeds. Exactly. Sunflower seeds, sesame seeds, you know, and these, these raw unprocessed oils, that's where you're going to get the good fats. Okay, we're going to zip through the other two nutrients because we get back to the food at the end. But okay. Josh likes to go deep, as our friends listening know. Yeah, and I got carried away a bit there. Another really important nutrient for the skin is zinc. In fact, they use zinc creams and different substances containing zinc on burn victims to help right. with tissue healing. So that just illustrates how important that is. And vitamin A. Yeah, vitamin A is critical for the base layer of the skin. We touched on the omega-6, omega-3 issue as a contributing factor to inflammation. Many of our podcast episodes have been around inflammation. We have a whole episode dedicated just to inflammation. Inflammation inside the body, heat, redness, swelling on the inside isn't going to be exclusively on the inside. If you know of that on the inside, swollen joints, other symptoms of inflammation, there's a good chance that's going to be showing up on your skin and vice versa. If you're having dermatitis and inflamed skin and rashes and itchiness and skin that doesn't heal very quickly, that can be an indicator of what's going on inside. And as well, and this is especially time-sensitive, stress, and we've talked about this before, but experiencing stress can increase inflammation. So we know, we've seen this, I'm sure everyone's experienced, you know, going through a stressful period in your life and suddenly your skin breaks out and you're like, this is not the timing for this. That can be an indication too that you've got elevated levels of internal stress. So what's going on outside on your skin, with your hair, with your nails, that can be a sign of or an indicator of what else is going on inside, sort of like a, a symptom report. And that's something to really take into account. We see that people with autoimmune diseases can actually get flare-ups in times of high stress. Right. 
because it ramps up that inflammation. That's been shown in the research quite clearly. Now, another thing that can affect our skin is hormones, interestingly right. enough. And we and see- And our hair. And our hair, absolutely. And we see this really clearly with hypothyroidism. So people with hypothyroid tend to have thinning hair. Right. And one of the cardinal signs also of hypothyroidism is a disappearing or a thinning of the outer third of the eyebrow. Interesting. But there can also be a diffuse hair thinning from this. And of course, the thyroid is the thermostat for the whole body. It controls the speed at which all of our cells are moving. And hair follicles are fast replicating parts of our body, just like our skin. So if that slows down, the hair doesn't grow back fast enough. We also find that hypothyroid patients who have eczema respond very well to thyroid medication. So you can see that there's a connection between those thyroid hormones not being optimal and what's happening on the skin. Now, when we have immune imbalances, that can actually sometimes affect the skin too. With the autoimmune disease, systemic lupus erythematosus, we find that there can be skin damage or scarring of the skin through that disease process. One of the simplest and most seemingly obvious factors that can affect healthy hair and skin is dehydration. We can't have moist, resilient, trying to think of the word, like... Plump. Plump, yeah. Like Elastic. We, elastin, the elastin. We can't have that plushness. Pliableness. <laughs> Whenever we listen back to our podcast episodes, I always like, oh, the word I wanted is so obvious right now. I couldn't think of it when we were recording. That's going to happen right now. There was an episode where mandolin, we can remember the word mandolin. Or a bunch of grapes. I think you, you called it like a, a bushel. A stack or something. <laughs> All right. So dehydration could be one of the most obvious things or should be one of the most obvious things if we want skin that is not dried out and flaky and dried out. So drink water. Like that's the simplest thing yeah. is, is drink your water, eat mineral-rich food so the water stays in your body and getting that, all those sources of moisture into your body are going to be important. We know that when people are thirsty, they're actually well past kind of subclinical dehydration. It's a bit too late of a sign. But actually, one thing I notice when I need more water is my lips get a little bit dry. That's my first sign that I've pushed too far. And, you know, we're at least 70% water. I mean, babies are like 80% water. That's why they're so plump and cute and you want to nibble on their feet. <laughs> and then when we're like 80, 90, we kind of get dehydrated. We're more like 60 to 65% water. Let's move on to the next one. Medications. Medications. Yeah, medications can really affect the skin in a big way. And the hair on the nails. We're talking about all that connective tissue. What's interesting is that medications, I'm thinking of Accutane, mm -hmm. are often prescribed to help with complexion as our birth control are often prescribed. So birth control, the mechanism is through the hormonal stuff that Josh discussed earlier, that if you stabilize your hormones or control them completely, that could resolve a skin issue. And then Accutane is another medication, but then that causes downstream repercussions that when you stop taking it could actually increase the problem. It does. It's actually been shown that Accutane can cause epigenetic changes that are persistent. And there's been class action lawsuits against the drug Accutane in terms of its effect on inflammatory bowel disease. Our next one is very obvious, but excessive styling. So Heating products, flat irons, blow dryers, hair dyes, hair dyes, hair dyes, and perms. And often people will dye their hair because it, 
the immediate effect is like this extra glossy, shiny, bouncy. You can all picture me as one of those women like swinging my head around and having big curls bounce around in slow motion right now. But the actual result is that it is damaging your hair over time. There's actually evidence that shows the more you dye your hair, the greater risk you have at getting autoimmune disease. Interesting. And another little anecdote, I remember a client came in and she had reading glasses on. Mm-hmm. And she took off her reading glasses, just put them on the table. And I looked at the part that kind of goes behind her ear and there were white frames. And the, that part of the white frame was like brown. Right. Was stained brown. So I'm thinking if that's actually what the hair dye is doing to the glasses, a hard substance, how much is actually getting seeped into the body through the head? Let's take a pause here so I can introduce you to an outstanding 2018 culinary nutrition expert, Lori Moore. Lori came into our community and immediately became a shining star. Her longtime career as a teacher shines through with her amazing desire to support her fellow classmates. She's now teaching her own workshops and classes and having great success. We're thrilled to have Lori as an esteemed member of our alumni community. Here is more from Lori. I am Lori Moore, and I'm a 2018 graduate of the Culinary Nutrition Expert Program. I first discovered this program while I was studying to be a holistic nutrition consultant, and I knew that the CNE program would be a perfect complement to holistic nutrition. In fact, I would recommend this program to anyone who has studied holistic nutrition and isn't sure what to do next and how to apply the knowledge you've gained. The CNE program is so practical with recipe assignments each week that help to build confidence in the kitchen and the skills to adapt and create recipes for yourself and for others, whether it's your family or your clients. Megan has designed an amazing program and her infectious energy each week leaves you always wanting more, exactly what you want in an instructor. The CNE program enabled me to fulfill a lifelong passion of supporting others in their journey to better health and discovering what nourishes them. Thanks to the Culinary Nutrition Expert Program, I have the applied knowledge to be able to create healthy recipes and meal plans and educate others in fun culinary nutrition classes. You can learn more about Lori at lorimore.ca or head over to culinarynutrition.com forward slash podcast and select this episode. Lori is one of thousands who have upped her skills through the Culinary Nutrition Expert Program. You can join us from anywhere in the world as the program is 100% online. And if you join at one of the certified levels, you'll be assigned a dedicated program coach to help ensure your success. We proudly celebrate an over 90% completion rate of our program. This is virtually unheard of in the online course world. And our incredible coaches are a big part of how we ensure your success. Now, if you want to learn more about becoming a culinary nutrition expert before the year is through, head over to culinarynutrition.com forward slash program to learn more and register. Now, let's get back to our conversation. Age. So you mentioned me being substantially older and I don't know if you mentioned wiser, but that should probably I go together. I definitely did not mention wiser. But as we get older, we naturally lose the collagen in our skin our skin and our face naturally starts to lose some of that buoyancy that we have in our youth. And that's why a lot of people go towards things like fillers and Botox to sort of plump the skin back up. But it's important to recognize that it's just a natural process. It's not something we need to fight against. It's just what happens to humans. And 
I would recommend embracing it as a beautiful thing and ensuring that you are mindful. And we're going to get to the nutritionals that support healthy looking skin, that you're mindful of those nutritionals. And then you don't have to worry about maintaining that stuff and, and really injecting toxic stuff into our body. For sure. A couple comments on that is it's called collagen cross-linking. Oh, of course so, he knows the technical term of what happens to your skin as you age. So if you think about like a lattice. He's holding his, his fingers in a lattice formation. Yeah, like a fence almost that was just built. And what happens when the collagen gets damaged Actually, a better analogy is a spider web. Okay. Like a brand new spider web, right? He's and using then, the same action with his hands. And then parts of those spider webs get disrupted and you can see the web kind of go a little bit wonky. That's collagen cross-linking. And one of the best things for that, as a little preview is about what we're going to discuss in a moment, is antioxidants. Because free radicals is what damages that collagen. And then just another note on some beauty products that people use. One of the mechanisms of some of these things is they actually draw water into the skin that they're coating. So there's like creams that you can put around your eye, for example, like where your wrinkles are. And they're called hydrophilic. And they pull water into that area and make it more plump. Really what you should be doing just by drinking more water. How do you know that fact about creams? I think I've looked it up at some point. <laughs> Were you looking into it for personal use? Mm, no. The other factor is sun. So we are advocates of healthy, moderate, mindful sun exposure, like first thing in the morning, the end of the day. You know, we like to be outside. But too much sun in high heat, peak of the day times when you're also presenting a body to the sun that is full of pro-inflammatory oxidized omega-6s is a recipe for sun damage on the skin. And sun damage is a real thing and it's something to be mindful of. So responsible sun exposure. And responsible sun exposure, by the way, is not putting on a 40 SPF sunscreen and then cooking in the sun at noon on the hottest summer day of the year. And I think of Magda in Something About Mary. If anyone can recall, she was very old, wrinkly, sun damaged she would lie out in the sun with like a mirror reflecting the sun to like maximize the cooking of her skin. So be mindful of your sun exposure. And when you are out in the sun, stay hydrated, protect your skin as you see fit for your, your skin tone and where you live in the world. Yeah. Our good friend Nadine Artemis from uh, Living Libations, she actually called sunscreen something akin to an anesthetic for the skin. Because when you put it on, it blocks what the sun would do to cause a burn, but it allows the UV rays in that can cause serious damage. And it also blocks the rays that create vitamin D. And the last one we want to mention about things that can really damage hair and skin is chlorine. And we're not just talking about the swimming pool. And you know, I mean, I know if I go in a public pool that's using chlorine, I get full eczema breakouts everywhere. But it's also in our tap water and our shower water and our bath water. We've got a complex microbiome all over our skin mm -hmm. from head to toe. So chlorine is there to sterilize our water. So we have safe drinking water, but when it hits our skin, it can also upset the microbiome of the skin and also the pH, which is a big problem with people with eczema and psoriasis and affect that whole environment for all those little bacteria and organisms that live there. One of the things we do is we don't necessarily avoid swimming in public pools when they're open and available because that is more of an acute exposure. So what we've done is we installed a full dechlorinator in our house. So that kind of blocks the chlorine from coming in the door. 
essentially. And that will dramatically reduce our exposure. And I know that when we travel and I'm showering in places that doesn't have that, I tend to get those flare-ups on my skin. Another added point about chlorine is that it's quite volatile, Mm. meaning that it goes airborne very easily. And another thing we need to consider if we are getting exposed to chlorinated water is in a hot shower, a lot of that is going right into your lungs. And your lungs has its own immune system and its own microbiome. And chlorine going in there could really upset that as well. So you're saying every part of the body is connected to every other part of the body? Something like that, Megan. Groundbreaking. (laughs) We're going to move on to some key nutrients. So Josh saw the word nutrient deficiencies earlier on and went to town on discussing nutrients. So we're going to go through these sort of at a top level. We already discussed essential fatty acids. We talked about protein. We talked about zinc. What other two other key nutrients we want to discuss about for healthy hair and skin? B vitamins are also really important, especially one called biotin. Mm. And they discovered this with animals that biotin was really helpful for the hooves. 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 (laughs) of animals. And then uh, humans caught on and sometimes biotin could be really helpful for hair, skin, and nail growth. I just pictured us being in the park where we often run into people we know. Sometimes (laughs) they're like, I'm listening to you right now. I picture people running by you going like, it's hooves. (laughs) (laughs) We also want to uh, make sure we have enough iron because iron is critical for blood flow. And of course, blood brings all the nutrients to our skin and takes all the garbage away. And gives us a little bit of a a rosy glow. Yes. A symptom of iron-deficient anemia is actually a paleness to the skin. So if you have a lighter-colored skin complexion, you can see that where it almost looks yellowish in some senses, in some forms. So that can be an indicator of that iron deficiency. And of course, you increase the iron, you increase the blood flow, you increase the glow to your skin. And for those who have dark skin, you can actually look in the inner eyelid of the eye to kind of see what the color is there, if it's nice and red. And also you can look at capillary refill in the fingers by squeezing the fingernail. Oh, that's a good one. Mm -hmm. Fingernails. We didn't talk about the white spots in fingernails. Oh yeah, that could be due to a zinc deficiency. Yeah. And also a protein deficiency. In terms of diet, you know, we'd, we'd get to food. It's really critical if you want to avoid inflammation on the skin, acne, dermatitis, eczema, psoriasis, all the things that can happen on our skin, we have to avoid the pro-inflammatory foods, which we have talked about in length. Almost all of these has its own episode dedicated to it. Sugar, which is actually one of our top episodes, dairy, gluten, and alcohol are four key things. If you're dealing with an acute inflammatory response on the skin or in the body or long-term chronic, reduce or eliminate these things is going to be essential for healing the skin and repairing hair and nails and having it all grow well and healthy and strong. Yeah, side note on gluten, there's actually a protein in gluten that when the body has an immune reaction to it, it will attack certain proteins in your skin. So I can't tell you how many times people have eliminated gluten and their skin clears up or their skin gets substantially better. This is not in everyone, but I've seen this many times. And often people eliminate gluten, dairy, sugar, and their digestion improves making their colon a cleaner place. Which is so important for skin health because everything starts from the inside and goes outward. Yeah. When we see issues with the skin, it's not usually a problem with the skin unless it's contact dermatitis, meaning something's touched the skin that irritates it. It's usually something from the inside out. And the colon, our gut, not just the colon, but the small intestine and our whole gut from tip to tail, 
needs to be in balance and have a good microbiome, which we have discussed in another podcast. You can check that out. We also can make substantial amounts of inflammatory compounds when our gut is not in balance, which can go out and irritate the skin. In addition, connected to our large intestine and actually to the whole body is liver support. Right. We need to have a healthy liver. One of the key ways that skin issues are helped in the herbal medicine world is to support the liver and help with detoxification. So we need to make sure that liver is nice and healthy and processing everything in the blood really effectively. Our whole bloodstream is going through the liver every three minutes. Mm-hmm. Now, liver has over 500 jobs, so it has to be healthy in order to keep that blood clean. So we've gone through key nutrients, the foods to avoid. We got to keep the colon clean. We got to support the liver. We've talked about hormones in the deficiency area or the causes of poor skin. We also need to consider stabilizing the hormones for skin, hair, nail benefit. And cholesterol is a surprising but fundamental part of healthy skin. Sure is. Josh just raised his eyebrows at me when I said that. Well, first of all, cholesterol is the backbone of every steroid hormone in the body, every Mm -hmm. sex hormone. It's the backbone of vitamin D. Mm -hmm. It helps to improve water resistance in our skin as well. Yeah. Right? Uh, So yeah, cholesterol is a critical nutrient. We can get some from our food Mm -hmm. and our body, well, our liver makes quite a bit of it as well, about 85% of what we need. So relating to cholesterol and its role in the skin, we also, again, I'll reiterate, responsible nature and sun exposure. You know, I love watching documentaries about places around the world where people are like in the elements and they're like 110 years old and you can see they've been out in nature and they've been out in the sun and they've lived that life. And to me, that is beautiful. We also want to be mindful of our sun exposure and do so healthfully that it doesn't become problematic or, you know, go past the line of being healthful to becoming detrimental. Yeah. I love those pictures of their faces. Yeah. An elder's face, you know, close up with all the wrinkles. Yeah. I remember my my late Bobby Ida, she had really good wrinkle topography. (laughs) (laughs) Wrinkle topography. (laughs) We've talked about hydration. Let's get into some specific foods for skin and hair. And nails. And nails. So we talked about protein. Protein is critical for as the building blocks for all these things, but also for repairing them. And one of the most concentrated foods we can have is collagen, which you can get through making a bone broth or a soup. Of course, if you're vegan, this one is not the option for you. But you can get it through making bone broth. You can get it through, you know, sometimes I'll even cook, if I'm making a curry, I'll cook the chicken with the bone in, like a bone in chicken leg or back. And and then you get some of that collagen benefit. You can also get collagen as a supplement added to hot elixirs or smoothies. Some people use it in pancake mixes or to proteinify a granola bar, that kind of thing. So there's different ways you can use protein, collagen specifically, or other protein powders and supplements. And of course, protein-rich foods, which are in animal-based proteins, but also in certain nuts and seeds. Pumpkin seeds are a really good source tofu, tempeh, green vegetables, sea vegetables. If you eat a varied rich diet, you'll probably be getting enough. And if you're feeling deficient, then you'll want to address if you are getting concentrated enough sources. Yeah. Collagen is the most abundant protein in the body. I had mentioned keratin earlier. That's more focused on hair and nails, like Mm -hmm. hard tissues, but collagen is really important for the skin and the connective tissue, joints, ligaments, our skin everywhere in the body. So consuming collagen is a great way to make sure that we're up on that. Of course, 
as you mentioned, just to reiterate, if you're getting enough protein, you get the amino acids you need to actually make collagen in the body. We also want to have a good dose of minerals. We talked about iron. We know zinc is critical. And when we look at nutrient-dense vegetables, greens, sea vegetables, as you already mentioned, you're going to get a good dose of minerals from those. I love the antioxidant-rich foods. I could eat berries, to say, till the cows come home, but I could eat berries till the sun comes up next Tuesday. So berries are really antioxidant-rich food. Citrus, red peppers, like the pith of a red pepper is really powerful, as is the white bits of citrus fruits. There's also high antioxidant value in spices, which you don't think about, like clove is a great source. So really, most foods, plant-sourced foods in their whole form are going to be a source of antioxidants. And those directly help counteract the effects of free radical damage, which comes from sun exposure, stress, you know, a lot of things we're exposed to in our everyday life. So focusing in on those antioxidant-rich foods. Oh, and cacao, chocolate. That's always everyone's favorite source. Yeah, sure. And one of the things that's been shown to be very effective at preventing damage from UV rays is green tea. The uh, catechins in there help to actually protect the DNA and work as a sunscreen from the inside out. How cool is that? Very cool. Very cool. Now, finally, our skin really maintains its health with water and fat, good fats. As I mentioned, there's really high amounts of omega-6 in the skin, so we want to make sure we're consuming good fats. Coconut oil is a good one. Actually, that one could be used topically sometimes as a moisturizer. It can right? be, yep. Yeah. So flax oil has a really good amount of the omega-6s and omega-3s. It's a little heavier on the omega-3s. Walnut oil is great. Avocado oil is great. Hemp oil has the optimal ratio for the whole body of omega-6s to omega-3s. And olive oil as well is really nourishing to the skin. One more thing about fat is, you know, I talked earlier about some of the products that I use. And the base of both of the ones I mentioned for my skin, the base is jojoba, which is not an edible oil. And it's not even an oil. It's more of a wax. But the reason why I love it for my skin is that it's as close as we can get to what type of oil or wax our skin naturally produces. So what you want to be mindful of sometimes using these other kinds of oils on your skin could actually create more drying where your skin's getting so moisturized that your body basically doesn't have to do some of the work on the inside. So that's just something to keep in mind when you're considering the products you're using on your skin. How do you spell jojoba if someone wants to look that up? J-O-J-O-B-A. Yeah. Jojoba. I felt like I was in a spelling bee. Can you use it in a sentence? And sometimes people are really into jojoba. Call me hosh sometimes. Not funny. (laughs) He's been really into dad jokes and they really have to stop. (laughs) All right. So let's talk about my favorite topic, the nourishing meals for skin and hair. I'm going to give you three really delicious, fun meal ideas. So we want a cold water fish from a sustainable source. And I'm not going to give you an example because it will depend on where you live, what makes the most sense. But you want a fish that's rich in those omega-3s with some cooked brown rice. And maybe that rice gets cooked in turmeric, which helps bring down the inflammation. You mix in some geese, you're getting those nourishing fats, some steamed greens for that mineral richness of vitamins A and C, and a dollop of kimchi or sauerkraut, which gives you that fermentation that nourishes the microbiome from the inside. There's one skin and hair nourishing meal. Oh, actually, this would also be really good with some sliced avocado. So let's throw some avocado on there. We've got some souped up soup. So a bone or veggie broth, but you simmer it with some ginger and turmeric. You can add in some shiitake mushrooms, cook with it, 
or add them after already cooked. But shiitakes have that immune modulating effect that can be really beneficial in also helping to moderate that inflammation. Nori or wakame used commonly in Japanese cooking. So we've got that mineral rich sea vegetable. You can drop an egg in. So you're getting that choline, some really good fats from that yolk and the protein, and then mix in either some miso paste, which will give you that fermentation, or put in some sauerkraut, which also gives you a nice sour kick and a crunch. And lastly, I'll leave you with a really good smoothie. You'll mix together some blueberries and raw cacao, a giant handful of greens, like loaded up with some kale or spinach or chard or all of them, maybe some microgreens, add in a tablespoon or two of flax oil, maybe two tablespoons of hemp seeds. And if you want to load up on that protein, a little bit of collagen powder. And we like, we use the Great Lakes one often. We also use the one from Genuine Health if you want a brand recommendation. So those are three This is basically a breakfast, lunch, and dinner in reverse order for some nourishing skin and hair meals. You have one more thing you want to say, Josh. Yes. So I think we covered a lot of great stuff on how to nourish the skin from the inside out, how to protect it from the outside. But then the mind game as well is, you know, we have to stop fearing the aging process and getting all wrinkly and crow's feet and blemishes on our skin. There's a, I believe, this is my own opinion, a certain beauty to the aging process and how the face changes and how our skin changes. I'm grateful that you think that given that I am so much older than you and therefore will be <laughs> aging quicker or sooner. Well, it really helps my mental game because I see what's coming. <laughs> <laughs> I am letting my hair go gray with grace. And for me, it's just one less thing to worry about. And I'm just not worried about it. And take care of myself. Take care of how I feel from the inside. My levels of joy on a daily basis, to me, that is what matters most. And when it comes down to it, if I have 20 minutes to straighten my hair in the morning, I'd kind of rather spend that meditating. I feel like every gray hair and wrinkle that you get is just another piece of wisdom I feel like coming as to I'm, the surface. I feel like as I'm speaking, you're really examining them all. <laughs> With my hair pulled back, you can really see them. We hope you enjoyed this conversation, took a few nuggets away with you. As always, we appreciate you joining us for these conversations and for sharing them with your friends. We have loads of resources and links to invite you to radiate as the natural glowing human that you are. Please head over to culinarynutrition.com forward slash podcast to get access to all of the additional information. If you love the idea of using food to improve our outside and our inside, then perhaps you want to take it deeper with our 14-week certification program. The Culinary Nutrition Expert Program is one of a kind. We are getting started really soon and would love to have you join us for the upcoming term. It's a life changer. Learn more at culinarynutrition.com forward slash program. Knowledge is important, but applying it is where the power is. As I always say, the best way to get started is to get started. Take what you've learned and start applying it in your life. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and share it with your friends. We look forward to connecting with you again next time.